The mystery of Romans 9 through 11 is explained right here in verse 25. For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed about this mystery. Just so you know, understanding Romans 9 and God's sovereignty and what he decides is not based on your capacity, whatever pastors say, your capacity for mystery. Why do I know this? Because he says, I don't want you to be uninformed of the mystery, and then he explains the mystery. He doesn't want you to have some sort of Gnostic nonsense of you have a heightened understanding of this. Look at what he says. So that you will not be wise in your own estimation because you don't get to interpret what God says any way you want. That a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in and so all Israel will be what? Saved, Just as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 9 through 11 is not communicating some obscure doctrine about divine election unto salvation or reprobation. His point is to show the unyielding, worship-inducing, all-inspiring mercy of the living God who although he has endured objects of his wrath with patience, hardened unbelieving Jews, so that they, you and I, could hear the gospel, the fullness of the Gentiles brought in, he is still holding out a welcoming hand to a disobedient and an obstinate people. What in the world? That is a merciful God that I cannot wrap my mind around. He is merciful, church. This idea in Romans 9 about arguing with the potter is another contention. And I just want to end this way. The potter has the right to do whatever he wants to whomever he wants. Is that true, church? Yes, it's true. The problem is what does he want to do? What does he want to do? The same Apostle Paul has communicated this language of the potter and vessels elsewhere. In Romans 9, we hear it. But turn with me, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. This makes my heart jump in light of the mercy of a living God. Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. The same Apostle Paul who wrote under the inspiration of the Spirit, who wrote Romans 9, wrote 2 Timothy 2 to his young apprentice. And he says to him, listen, whoever wants to be an honorable vessel, needs to humble himself in the sight of the Lord because that's what God wants to do. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of such abundant mercy that he will stop at nothing to display it. Is there coming a day when he will put an end to it all? You better mark your calendars. It will happen. God is not playing games. God is not going to just say, well, let's carry out this indefinitely and I believe in universalism and everybody gets saved and there's no hell. No, no, it's not what the scripture says. But God's mercy endures forever, church. 
what we need to proclaim as his people is not what Ishmael or what Esau might have proclaimed, jealousy towards the people God has chosen, Israel. But instead, we ought to see he was merciful to us. He welcomed us in when he ought not to have. And he has shown us mercy and mercy and mercy. And no doubt, this is why the transition from Romans chapter 11, which is Romans 9, 10, and 11, transitions into 12 and says, Therefore, I've just painted the picture of God's mercy, right? Therefore, in view of what? God's unbelievably unquenchable wrath. No! Therefore, in view of his mercy, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Should we spit in God's face because we are chosen by mercy alone? Oh my goodness, no, church. What in the world would we be thinking? But Romans 9, 10, and 11 are this story of the magnificent mercy of God. Church, his mercy endures forever. Your message to a dying world is that God's mercy is extended for them, uh, extended to them. And so much as that it is called today, so call them to repentance. Call them to his love and his grace. Because that's what we have been welcomed into. Amen? This is a whole different story, church. We have been called to mercy. 